0: If you're looking for a little motivation, inspiration, and insight into how a business can grow and evolve through your own journey, then today's episode is one that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to 7 is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Today, I'm interviewing Monique Bryan. Monique is an executive producer of personal brands that helps coaches, consultants, and thought leaders build their personal brands so they can position themselves to top-tier clients, lend those dream opportunities, and start to scale their influence in their industry. As a former fashion designer, three-time startup founder, Monique brings over 15 years of top-level industry experience in the areas of product development, entrepreneurship, branding, business development, and personal styling. With a focus on messaging, marketing, and using your personal brand as a visual communication power tool, Monique is known for helping established professionals amplify their industry credibility and use their personal brand and visual online presence to become an in-demand business leader. Today, Monique runs a successful personal brand consultancy while being a brand herself. Today's interview is absolutely terrific. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. My guest today... Well, she doesn't actually know this, but I am going to sort of let the cat out of the bag. I've been stalking her for, I think she's been on my radar for about 18 months when one of my clients was beginning to work with her. And I started following this woman's Instagram. And there's just something so magnetic about what she puts out online. And I was just drawn to it immediately. And, you know, often I talk about, you know, entrepreneurs, there's some of them who have a lot of sizzle, they look fantastic online, you know, they show up really well, and then you get behind the scenes in their programs. And it's, you know, a little bit of a meh, or the expression my kids are using these days is, it's mid. (laughs) So I'm going to be hip and use the expression, it's mid. And then there's other women who maybe don't have as much splash online, but have incredible stake to their programs. They're beefy, they're value laden, they're fantastic, but sometimes they're harder to find. And I actually fit into that second category. My programs are fantastic. I make no apologies about it. And my barometer is very simple. It's the results the women get. It's measured. And then you get some women like my guests today who have this innate ability to not only sizzle and kill it online, but then also have incredible substance to the programs that she's running behind the scene. And so, Monique, I don't know if you know this, but I've been watching you for a long time, and I admire how you show up, and I've seen the results of your work, and I know that they're incredible. So, Monique, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my gosh. The best intro
1: ever. (laughs) It's easy to intro great women. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Sheila. And I'm so like you, like I'm a stalker of people as well. Like I'm that person who will get someone on my my radar and like watch their every move. So I love when people tell me that they're stalking me because it makes me feel like it just reminds me that, you know, no matter how we may feel on a certain day, it's whatever we're putting out here, it's like be intentional with what you're putting out here because you don't know who's watching when. Totally. And I'm going to get to my questions in a minute, but I have to agree with you because there's so many times
0: I'll meet someone, maybe they book a call, I meet them at a conference, you know, whatever, we we get connected. And they say, oh, I've been reading your email for years. I've never, like that's awesome. I don't know who you are, but that's awesome. You know, or other people who are like, yeah, I've been following for years on social media, never liked anything, never left a comment, never DM, never nothing, but they're taking it all in. And I think that's such an important reminder. Mm -hmm. So Monique, tell me, I mean, I'm so fascinated about your journey. I know you haven't always been a branding coach Uh and I'm not even sure that that's really enough to encapsulate what you do for women entrepreneurs. But let me just use that label, if that's okay, mm-hmm. So right now. You haven't always been a branded coach. How the heck did you get here?
1: Oh, she. it's such a journey. How much time do you have? <laughs> How much time as <laughs> <want? laughs> Well, my background is in fashion design, so I've always had a love for all things sparkling and over the top and extra. And I just, you know, the things we put on our body are... Our form of self-expression, and I have always used that. So I used to use it as like an armor and a shield. Actually, like growing up, it wasn't. I felt I really could draw confidence from, I, as much as people say that confidence comes from the inside out. Right? You, can, there's something you could put on your body. There's a time you could put on that your favorite lipstick or whatever your piece is, and you can now exude out into the world whatever you really wanted. And I saw the power of that very early for myself. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons I fell into the fashion space. I just loved it. So I have a BA in fashion design. I went to school for that. I got to travel because of that. And I, you know, I worked for a national retailer and really moved into like product development itself. Like what are the nitty gritty behind the business of fashion? And I fell in love with the business of fashion more so than fashion itself because it was so intricate and there were so many people involved and I was like, "Wow, people don't, know. and that's really where the money was, to be quite honest, like the business of fashion and while I was doing that, you know, I got to travel to Asia and I got to work with manufacturers and I got to learn how to communicate with other cultures, which really helped me later in life around communication right it I had some of the best teachers from people who were like from those those, those places to teach me like how do you communicate with people who Grew up differently from you, who speak differently from you, who conduct business differently from you. And it gave me an edge in my company because that was not what people wanted to do. They wanted to do the fun. They wanted to make clothes, you know, and, but the communication piece of it was a thing that propelled me, you know, to be an executive very quickly at a young age, making six figures. And, but it was a very high stress job. And I decided like many people, I can do this better than my boss. What are you talking about? So I left that to start a jewelry company because I had was really inspired by what I experienced in India, all the textiles and the handwork. I said, Oh my God, I would die to just have these beautiful pieces around me all the time. So I launched a, a jewelry company thinking it was taking me away from clothing and ex- something new and experience, so experience something different. And I literally t- had turned my hobby into a business and I hated it, but I was too far deep down the hole now. <laughs> <laughs> Telling everybody I'm a jewelry designer. I was networking. I was making these very elaborate pieces. I was, you know, lucky to have it covered in, you know, publications and sell internationally, but I hated it with the passion. (laughs) But what was happening is I was learning a lot about business in the process. There wasn't a lot of entrepreneurial programs back then. And I had to really network and ask questions and, you know, search on the government websites. Like, how do you build a business? I had. I thought I knew because I was in a company and doing so well, not knowing that that is not the same thing. Entrepreneurship and working for a really big company, these are two different mindsets, two different forms of resources in your hands. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I did learn a lot. And when I eventually shut that company down, I decided, you know, I'm going to do, I'm just going to go back to a regular job. I'm, first of all, I'm not meant to be an employee anymore. After you do that, I was the worst employee, but I was just like, I'm just going to go get a regular job and I was doing home decor for Walmart at their head office. And I was like, interiors, this is new. This is in, you know, still visual communication. And I, and I really enjoyed it. And I got to put on a lot of photo shoots for their promotions and we have to do more traveling. And I was like, this is in working with a company with budgets of millions and millions of dollars was now new to me. And I was like, this is fantastic. And the photo shoot aspect, I didn't know later that would be a big part of my business and branding. So I got to learn from people who'd been doing it a long time. And I left that job because I was like, I'm going to go do something on my own. This is not it either. And while I was trying to figure it out, you know, I had joined a startup. I kept trying all these things. And what I was realizing while this was all happening, I I was building an amazing network. I was getting all of these great skills. But each time I would go to the next thing, I just knew that wasn't it. It's like you get to that point, you're like, man, this isn't it either. And I started thinking, maybe I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. Like, maybe I don't have this. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And while I'm trying to figure that all out, I get diagnosed with breast cancer. And I well, I get married, living my best life. Six months later, diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'm like, come on. Like, come on. I was like, are you kidding me? I was really like on my high horse about my health before that time. Like I really did think I had the secret sauce on what it took to be a healthy human being. And when that happened at 35 years old, I was like, you know, nothing. You actually don't know what you think, you know, and you don't have as much time as you think you got. So what are you going to do about it? So I really took those next eight months while I was healing to launch a business. (laughs) I just thought that I don't know when I'm going to have another healthy day. So I launched my business and I was a brand. I didn't call myself a brand coach because I didn't know I was even doing any branding. It was business coaching. And I just saw these people online who I knew were building businesses and I knew I could help. And I would just reach out to them and be like, listen, I don't know what's going on with your social media right now, but I'm telling you you're doing it all wrong. I've been laid up in my bed for eight months. So I've mastered Instagram by this point, like mastered it. And I was like, I know exactly what you need to do. I can help you. And they'd be like, don't you have cancer? And I was like, that's old news. I need you to focus on what I'm saying to you. <laughs> we need to get you fixed up because you're looking at a hot mess express out here. And that's literally how I got like from where I was to where I am today. But in terms of like, how did it become branding itself? So I was meeting all these women online who were... I was very vocal about my story. And other women would reach out and be like, "You know, i I wish I could share my story. I just don't know how and they were amazing at what they did, and I was like, "This is sad. This is sad that they can't just because they can't articulate it or they don't know how to visually present themselves, no one's going to get their gifts and I was like, "Not on my watch. that's not how this is going to go down." So I started helping with their helping them with their personal brand, not knowing it was personal branding at the time. And helping them with their visual communication online, helping them with their style, helping them with photography. And eventually I had someone else tell me, Monique, can you stop doing all these other things online and just focus on personal branding because you're confusing the world out here. And I was like, is that what I do? And she's like, everyone knows that's what you do except you. Can you get it together? <laughs> just like, thank God someone came along and told me because I wasn't sure myself. And then what I niched down and I started just telling people that's exactly what I did and the rest is history.
0: It's incredible. Do you know what I think is so striking about your journey? And I think ours are quite similar is that we tried a whole, you tried a whole bunch of different things, but you got to that point where you knew it wasn't for you. Mm -hmm.
1: How did you know it wasn't for you? In my body, I feel like our bodies tell us everything we need to know. Mm. Like, There'll be times, of course, in business where we're not going to want to do things because they're for whatever reason, but I would keep hitting a wall in my motivation around the thing, not even in just the challenge of the things. I love a challenge. I love to solve puzzles. I love to create puzzles. Problem solving is the name of the game. But I was there was zero excitement about any of it ever. And I'm like, I'm just exhausted. But I'm not sure what I'm exhausted from. I don't want to do this thing, whatever this thing is. And I remember working with this startup and I became a partner in the startup thinking, because I really thought the idea was just gold. I'm like, this is gold. The network was gold. What we were gonna do is gold. It was making but the more I was in it, I was like, this isn't mine. This isn't my dream. This isn't how I picture myself 10 years. I don't see me here. And That was a clear sign and I ignored it for a long time. And to the point that I didn't really like who I was becoming in those roles anymore. Like I like, I know when I feel vibrant and I feel alive and I feel even when it's hard, it's exciting. I get excited about thinking about the thing. When that's gone, it's time to reevaluate. And that's what it was for me every time. And I always would love to deny it. I'm like, because I didn't want to start over. Yeah, Man, I went from scratch. Well, and I think that
0: people hang on to things that don't suit serve them for so long. You know, they hang on to programs, they hang on to branding, they hang mm-hmm. on to a business. And I think that there's, you know, some of the things that I've heard as well, but I've already invested so much money into this, or I've already invested so much time, like it owes me something.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh, yes. I had to be all of my savings. Yeah, I so invested- it owes me. Definitely, definitely owes me a return. And one of
0: my coaches once said, yeah, but what you invested in is your education so that next time you can do better. And when I look at, you know, the amount of money that I invest in coaching and programs, and it's my biggest line item every single year, mm-hmm. my biggest budget is me. You know, I have a couple MBAs at this point. <laughs> Meaning, like, I could have gone into and done an MBA or I could be self-educated <laughs> where i pride myself. But it really is that, you know, either we pay it to other people who we know can help us or we invest it in an institution and either's fine. Either way, we're, we're taking the gamble on us. But it is gener it is literally a part of our education and our journey that gets us to where we're supposed to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Every single business I can't look at as a failure because I the learning in each one of them, I couldn't have gotten any other way.
0: Yeah. We call that experiential learning in my world. I love it. Don't touch the oven. It's hot. Don't touch the oven. It's hot. You touch the oven. You're like, ow, it's hot. And then you don't touch it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That's 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 how how I learn it. That's how I learn things too. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to pay my taxes. Got it. Thanks for the lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell me about that lull time though, because I think it's one thing to say, I'm gonna let go of this company or I'm gonna walk away and start fresh. But there's always that lull between ventures where you've got to take a dip in revenue, you've gotta take a dip in security and safety. You take a you know, you're taking a big risk.
1: How did you handle those segues between opportunity? Not well. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't do well in the lull. Mm -hmm. I don't do well. Not knowing the goal that I'm going. I'm very goal oriented. It's something I've learned that that lull, even though it doesn't last long, it seems like it's going on forever. And I'm not good in those places at all. So one thing, and I came to realize that they were even lulls even to give them a name when I reached out to other people who know me. So I'm a big advocate for like making sure you're surrounding yourself with people who know who you really are and what you're really capable of, because I would have to call them on a constant basis. And people who will also put up with your ideas, like I would come up with all these in between those in between times, like new business ideas and be like, so what if I did this? And what do you think about this? And you need people who will actually listen and be like, see when you're spinning, see when, is this something you're actually like, is this a viable thing for yourself? you know, or are you just working it out? And sometimes you need friends who will tell you to like, take a break. Like, I need you to just take a break, go away and and cut it out. So that's the only thing that I knew to do was to make sure I continue to reach out to people. I still went out when we could, at the time when we could network, try and get in front of as many people as possible. And kind of, I like to like talk out the idea sometimes or just present the idea where some people like to keep it really close to the chest. I feel I get, I'm, I feel I'm a very good reader of people. So when I say something and I see their reaction, I kind of know, did that make any sense? Is this a real thing? Is this interesting? Is it interesting to them? Is it interesting to me? Do I want to even say it again? So I do a lot of experimenting on other humans that I th- I do the same thing. And one of the reasons, so same as you, I'm testing out
0: the idea, you know, especially with this micro lending that we're launching this quarter, like it's, mm. you know, every time I talk about it, the person who's hearing it, I'm watching their reaction and they're just like hanging on every word. They're like, I love what you're doing. This is such a great thing. But the other thing that it does is gives you that accountability. And I remember the first time that I was, so the first time I talked about it was after I'd done a a Kickstarter to raise funds to print my productivity journal that I have. And I put it as one of the bonuses that, you know, X percent of the proceeds are going to go towards the micro lending platform that we're building. And though it had been percolating in my mind, I'd never actually said it out loud, but it's the only thing that people remembered. And I still have that money sitting in a bank account waiting to go. It's not a lot. It's not even gonna pay half or a third or a quarter of my legal fees to get it started. But it's there and I'm gonna honor that that commitment. But I had to put it out on paper and I have to keep talking about it because then people are now starting to say, Well, when's the micro lending coming? Well, when are you gonna start? Well, where are you in the face? So I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta gotta make it work.
1: Yeah, I do that with all of my new ventures. I put it out on Instagram. Like when I when I declared the retreat that that. we're doing, I had no idea how, where, when, what, any of that. But I was like, if I put it out here, I got to do something with it because I'm not going to be out here (laughs) lying to my people. Let's talk about this big, bold move. You know, here we are into the pandemic. The world's been
0: closed for two years. How the hell did you come up with the idea to do an in-person retreat in a different country? Oh With people in the room why why would I do something so insane? yeah, but how' exciting that you're doing something so insane. Tell us about it
1: well i had a I have a coach too who when I was during the pandemic, you know what was interesting was a lot of people were quitting their jobs going online it made it super saturated for everybody, but it became your branding became that much more important, so more people were reaching out to me and it was busy and it was good, but I was like. It's just, it was just monotonous. I was just like, this is just the same thing every day over and over. And I know that that's what is a good sustainable business. <laughs> but I was like, where's the joy? I'm not feeling this joy. And my coach challenged me to be like, what would bring you some joy? I said, I would kill to be with humans. I am a human oriented human. I need more humans around me. I said, I'm so sad. All the retreats and all the conferences I've wanted to go to this year have been canceled. I'd love to put on my own retreat, to be honest. And she was like, why can't you? And I said. Hello, I watch the news, and she's like, "But it doesn't have to be today." She's like, "What happens if you would just plan it without knowing the how?" And that's how it began. I just started putting on paper what would it look like if Monique hosted an in-person experience, and I took all the things that I loved from all the places I'd been and put them into this three and a half day hands-on workshopping. It's part mastermind, it's part workshopping, networking connections, and. I was like, I know the impact it has when you take someone out of their current environment. So, how do we take people out of their environment? I was like, we got to get on a plane. We got to get on a plane, babe. Not too far. I was like, how do we get people on a plane? Where do we go? So, I picked Miami because it was somewhat tropical, but it still wasn't too far away. It was a three hour flight from Toronto. I was like, this is easy peasy. And it's just, it's taken a year to get us where we're at now. You know, we are about six months, probably from the time of this recording to when we were actually in the room with 25 other business owners who are looking to really step into the spotlight. And for some people that can be scary. So it's time to give them the tools. And this is for people who have a business, they're making money in their business, but they know they want more. They know they want to do speaking. They know they may want some media. They know they want to be on podcasts. They know they're building something even bigger than what they currently have. Or they're looking to go into like a whole different audience or a whole nother space. And how do they solidify their personal brand so they can go and do that? So I'm super excited because the workshop hosts that have come on board to help facilitate this are like my partners in the game. And they are amazing at what they do. And to be in the room with myself and those other women and workshop on your pitches, on your business, on your brand on really your staying power, like, I would have killed to be in a room like this. This is the room that I wanted when I was starting, as opposed to all the trial and error that I was doing when I was trying to be like a speaker. I was like, listen, I can speak. I can be on podcasts. I'm good, I promise. And everyone was like, who the hell are you? And I was like, I'm good, I promise. (laughs) So that's what's happening. November 10th to the 13th, we're taking these women you know, all expense paid over there to Miami to work on your business while still having some fun in the sun. Fantastic. But, you know,
0: I think what I love so much about that is it's kind of in alignment with the rest of your journey. Something isn't feeling right. What would bring me joy? Let's try this. What would make me happier? Let's try this. And I think that this iteration is, you know, a beautiful move. And I'm going to, Move mountains to make sure I'm in that room. I wouldn't. Oh, I would I would love to have you there. And I just, I think it's such a great opportunity. I think it's an incredible network, but it's also a chance to learn from someone who's done what I want to do. And, you know, tell me who's mentored you along your journey. You you know, how how do you know, you know, I find women who have done what I want to do. So I have a high performance coach. Her job is just to make me show up (laughs) and do a hell of a good job. But then I go and look for mentorship from women who've done what I want to achieve. How do you find your mentors and who have been the ones that have had the most amount of impact for you?
1: I definitely started with all my online mentors Mm -hmm. in the beginning. I would find coaches who were showing up on a constant sharing their knowledge. So there was a woman who used to run, I think it's called the, I don't know if it still exists today, but it was called like the Posh Girl Club. Which I thought was like an interesting name, but she was just like sharing. She would be online. I remember she would do these hour and a half lives of just sharing how to get things done. And I would just three o'clock on a certain day and I would be taking notes and working on my business. I'd be like, this is amazing. Like, I want to do that, too. Like, what does that look like? And so many people would tune in. And then when she eventually had an in-person experience, I was the first one. I was like, I will be there. And I got to speak at her at her event. and. Some of the people who heard me speak there, I'm still friends with to this day. And I just was like, the power of that sharing was a big one. But I also realized that I needed a coach and I couldn't find the right coach for me. I just didn't know who that would be. And I had a friend who I saw her business blow up in a short period of time. She told me who her coach was. I reached out and within five minutes, I hired her. Her name is Laura Wright. She's a sales coach. Yeah, I know exactly who she is. And. The thing about Laura, and I've had her on my podcast, is she was great at what she did, but she also had amazing communication skills, which I value a huge deal in people, but not just with me, but how she communicates with her audience and her clients. And I said, that's a skill set I want to master. So the sales part changed my business forever because I was very... I wouldn't say I was timid about sales, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't realize it could be as simple as learn the skill set and you can actually have fun with selling what you do. And when I learned that everything changed within three months, my business like doubled in revenue. Like it was just insane. And it was like, get the shortcut from the people who know whatever you have to spend. And at the time I could not afford her whatsoever And I am a, I am a student. I am a student. So if you tell me to do X, I will do X. If you tell me to do Y, I will do Y. And that changed my business. But also the way she would, I would watch her in her group programs and how she would have conversations with people, even difficult people. Because when you know how to handle a difficult person with grace, you are going to be an amazing business owner. And she does that. And I love that. I said that piece right there is why I have to keep you. Because when you run into, when you're running your business and you have all these different frustrations come up and a difficult client crosses your path, it's really difficult to ha- handle them with grace. And she taught me how to do that as well. And that made a big, big shift in my business.
0: That's great. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people have coached with her and they've had fantastic results.
1: hmm Yeah. yeah. Well, she, that's- she's just a She's just a huge I love the fact- I just say like she's a human like she's just like a human, you know they have your back in more ways than one whether or not you work with them. i think that's a that's always something I strive for as a coach myself mm-hmm. like I'll never take on a client knowing this is not a right fit right, and it's really difficult when you're if you're a new entrepreneur or if you're a scaling entrepreneur to to do that right because finances are a reality, and somebody really wants to work with you. I love that she taught me to always put my peace of mind above money. And I never used to do that before. So that changed a lot for me as well. Right on. So I've got two more questions.
0: And even though we could probably keep
1: talking all day, I've got
0: two more questions. I'm going to let you go. The first question is, what do you know now, Monique, that you wish you knew when you had started your business?
1: Oh, my goodness. Definitely. Everything will always work itself out. It'll work out. Monique, you got this. I think that's the best thing I got for myself is you will think I work well. Not everyone does and I don't advise it, but I work well with my hands near the fire. So if things are happening, no matter what happens, you're going to work this out and it's going to be fine. But I tend to forget that sometimes when you're like, I don't know how any of this is going to work out, but it always does. Mm -hmm. We're very resourceful, way more resourceful than we think. And
0: that piece of trust, I think, is so critical. And, you know, I don't really battle with my clients about whether they trust other people. But the one that I absolutely help them see is that they have to trust themselves Mm. through this process. You know, even you, you know, taking a risk hiring a coach that wasn't like you had the money sitting in the bank account waiting to go. I mean, I think you are you rarely hire a coach when things are going fantastic. (laughs) You usually hire when you're in the you know what. yeah. um, what you're doing is taking a chance on yourself and if you don't trust yourself then you there you, you have no business making that investment and what you're saying is such an important piece for i for others to remember is you know if you don't it's going to work out the way it's meant to work out and as much as we want to control it just trust yourself and the decisions that you're making don't be impulsive you know don't be don't be you know silly with your decisions but take the time to be strategic and trust your gut you know what's right And just do it.
1: A hundred percent. I always say to my clients when they're doubting themselves is, don't forget who you are. Mm. Like, don't forget who you are. And I have to say to them sometimes a few times, I'm like, do you know who you are? Mm. Do you know who you are? Like, remind me. (laughs) But we forget. We forget what we've come through to get where we are. So when you go back and you look at what you've done to get here, it reminds you, you can do hard things.
0: Yes. We can do hard things.
1: Tell me what's next for you. Where are you what's going next? Next is this retreat in Miami. It so is that's Monday. November 10th to 13th. 10th to the 13th. It is my everything. It is my thing I sleep about, dream about, breathe so about. So we'll put the show, we'll put the list in the, the
0: we'll put the <laughs> link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this after November, you're just going to have to get on the wait list for the you next
1: one have to, 100%. And the other great thing is we've just launched a Your Personal Brand Roadmap. Gives everybody a, at a glimpse, a snapshot. Where are you in this journey and what are you missing? So you can really plug yourself into the map and see the pieces that you're missing. So right now we're working on like video training around that, a quiz around that. So people can start self-identifying, where am I in this journey? What do I need next? Because that was a really big, thing for people, they were just like, I get I need a personal brand. I get how this may impact my business. Hint, it always impacts your business (laughs) if you are the person behind your business. But what am I missing? And why do those things matter? And how does one thing impact the other? And as someone who loves puzzles and putting things together, I was like, this was my favorite thing to create. And it's been in creation for probably since I've started in branding. It was, why do people do this? or build a website before they have the strategy? And why do people, you know, pitch themselves before they've got an identity? Like, I was like, what am I missing here? And I had to work with enough clients to get it before I could build something like this. So I'm super proud of it. I'm very excited. Yeah, I've seen a copy of
0: that roadmap. And you know, one of the things we talked about, I got all excited because all I could think of was all the all the impact that this can have on the inner workings of your business because i have a nerd like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I looked at it and it made so much sense. And listen, I've been at this game for a long time. I've been in this world for well over a decade, you know, a bit long in the tooth. But I think that that personal branding is the piece that on a personal level, I've actually never really figured out. You know, I am quite shy by nature. I am quite reserved in personality. I'm very quiet. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk loudly. I'm not going to force my opinion to be heard. Don't wear flashy clothes. <laughs> if it's navy blue, I'll wear it because it matches with everything. Like it's, you know, but I, at the same time, you know, your question, I think, and I've heard it's twice now, a couple of times I've heard you ask that question, but is that actually you? And I'm not sure that that is actually me. So that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about the roadmap but also really excited about this retreat. Love
1: that. Is that actually you? Yeah. We're about to it's find out, Sheila. Much... We're going to yeah, find out. It really is, everybody. So listen,
0: I know that people are going to want to find you. They're going to want to connect with you. They will probably be stalking you just like me
1: because, boy, you put out some good stuff online. Where I can we find you. You can always find me over on Instagram at Monique Brian, Brian with a Y underscore co, or you can all check out all the juice on the juicy CEO podcast where it drops every Wednesday, showing all the tips and tricks around personal branding and getting to interview some amazing women in business like yourself. So come check us out.
0: Lovely. We would put all those links in the show notes. Monique, thank you for the conversation today. I know that the listeners will get as much out of it as I do.
1: Thank you for having me, Sheila. This was awesome.
0: Good Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Road to Seven. I'd love to connect with you in the road to seven Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there together. We'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.